Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. It is a brand new Flyers Daily for the 24th of November, 2023. Happy Black Friday. Hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving holiday, safe, and uh, enjoyed the time with family. Flyers Daily is presented by Ticketmaster, and we're looking for assists today. We're looking for goals because with the goals, a lot of times, not all the time, you get the unassisted goal on the rare occasion, but they come with assists, which means the Flyers and Penn Medicine will be making some donations to local communities in need with the Penn Medicine Assist. For every Flyers assist this season, 30 pounds of food gets donated to local communities in need. Flyers Rangers today. The Rangers sitting in the top spot of the Metropolitan Division. Boy, they are off to a very good start. Only Boston has a better winning percentage or points percentage than do the New York Rangers. They have been piping hot out of the gate, and that should have been expected, in my opinion. When Peter Laviolette goes into a city, and in year one, he always has instant success, and he's having it with this Rangers team. I thought it was a very good hire for the New York Rangers to grab Peter Laviolette. I thought it made a lot of sense for where that team is where that team wants to go, and to try and strike while the iron's hot. Lavi's done it just about every stop that he has been in as an NHL head coach, including Philadelphia. Rangers, 17 games played. How about this? A record of 13-3-1, 27 points. They sit in the top spot in the Metropolitan Division. On the road, where they'll be today, at Wells Fargo, a record of 8-2-1. So they've played 11 games on the road. This will be their 12th, and they've only played six games at home so far. Plus 16 in gold differential. They're pretty hot in their last 10. 8-1-1 for the New York Rangers. Flyers come in when yesterday began. The Flyers were in second place in the Metropolitan Division, but things changed quickly. Two teams leapfrogged them. The Carolina Hurricanes with 22 points in the Washington Capitals, also with 22 points. Flyers sitting in the fourth spot right now with 21 points, two points up on the Islanders, who they'll see again coming up tomorrow. Uh, So... Saw the Islanders on Wednesday night. Going to see them again tomorrow night. Today, though, it's the New York Rangers. What do we know about the Rangers? Well, the Rangers have uh, really good goaltending. Igor Shosturkin came in a couple years ago. Just unbelievable. He has not been great for them so far this year. He's uh, played in 10 games. He's got a record of 7-3. He's got a 2.6 goals against average and a 908 save percentage. Oddly enough, Jonathan Quick has been incredible for them. He's played in seven games. He's got a record of 5-0-1, a 1-6-8 goals against average, ridiculous, and a 9-40 save percentage for Jonathan Quick, who's been around forever. Now, the Rangers are a team that's got tremendous depth. When you talk about teams that you think have a chance to go on and really truly compete for the Stanley Cup, you need depth. You can't do it with just a couple of great players, but no depth. A couple of uh, uh, great offensive players and not enough D or goaltending. The Rangers check pretty much every box. They have seven players uh, that are in double-digit points, and they're led by Artemi Panarin. In 17 games, he's got 26 points, 10 goals uh, to go along with it, two power play goals, nine power play assists. We know the kind of distributor that he is on the man advantage, and you got to stay out of the box against Uh, the New York Rangers. You do not want to put them on the power play. More on that in a moment. Chris Kreider for the Rangers, also 10 goals on the season in 17 games, 15 points. He's got six power play goals. That's the guy that Artemi Panarin gets the puck to on the man advantage. Then Trocek, 
Uh, he's got five goals, 10 assists for 15 points. Alex Lafreniere, the former number one overall pick, he's got 12 points, eight of them goals. How about Eric Gustafson with 12 points? We saw him here in Philadelphia for a year. Adam Fox uh, in 10 games has 11 points, and Mika Zibanejad uh, 11 points as well, but only two goals so far for Mika Zibanejad in the last couple of years, last three years, I'd say. Zibanejad has been a bit of a flyer killer, but they've got great depth. That true ball in that blue line, Keandre Miller. Uh, they've got good D. Obviously, Adam Fox is a big catalyst for them uh, on the blue line as well. Good goaltending, potential to have great goaltending uh, with Shesterkin and a team that absolutely can contend for a Stanley Cup. And uh, they're a team, oddly enough, that doesn't score a ton. They don't get a ton of goal scoring overall. They're not one of the top-ranked teams in goals forward uh, games played this season. Matter of fact, they're just below the Flyers. They only score 3.24 goals per game. Flyers score 3.26, but the New York Rangers, where they're really good, is preventing goals. And even though Shesterkin has not been great this season when it comes to goals allowed per games played, they're, they're pretty on top of it there as well. And number two in the NHL. The only team that gives up less goals per game is the Boston Bruins. And I think it's really interesting when you look at goals allowed per games played, the top five teams are five of the best teams in the league. The Bruins, the best team in the league at 14 and 1, 14, 1 and 3. The Rangers, number two. 13, 3, and 1. The Vegas Golden Knights, 14, 4, and 2. The Los Angeles Kings, 11, 3, and 3. And the Vancouver Canucks, 13, 6, and 1. Those are the top five teams in the NHL, and they all give up the least amount of goals per game. To me, that's the biggest indicator of a legitimate team and a really good underlying team. A lot of people, you know, we want to see teams generate offense. Offense is exciting, but the really the, the earmarks of a really, really good team that can really do damage in the playoffs is one that can defend. And those five teams, so far this year, I don't know if Vancouver, if it's sustainable, maybe to some degree for L.A., but the Bruins, Rangers, and Vegas Golden Knights, absolutely, uh, that is the case. When it comes to power play, we mentioned all the points that Artemi Panarin's put up on the man advantage. They're third in the NHL at 30.9% on the power play. Flyers at 11.3%, uh, 28th in the NHL. PK for the New York Rangers. That's another area where man, maybe they you know, need to get a little bit better on the penalty kill uh, than they've been so far. But still, killing penalties, 10th in the NHL at 85.2%. So doing a good job overall. They don't generate a ton of shots. They're not a high-volume shots team. They only average 29.5 a game, but they only give up 28.5 a game. So it is an every bit of a legit team for the New York Rangers and a team that I could absolutely see going on a run in the playoffs if they remain healthy and if the goaltending's hot at the right time. We'll get our first look at them today, and the Flyer-Ranger games are always exciting. And the Flyers looking to get back in the wing column. You lose that game against the New York Islanders 3-2. to two. You don't want one loss to turn into two. You won five straight before that. We'll see if they can bounce back, and they've got the, the New York-New York doubleheader uh, with the, the Islanders again tomorrow night. So it's going to be a very important weekend. And this is the middle of eight straight games against the Metropolitan Division for the Flyers and uh, a really important stretch of schedule. The eight straight games will end with back-to-back -back games, a home-and-home -home with the Pittsburgh Penguins to kick off December on the 2nd and 4th. But still, Rangers today, Islanders tomorrow, coming up Tuesday, Carolina at Wells Fargo. Then we'll see the New Jersey Devils who are off to a really scattered start. And then, like I said, it's Pittsburgh for two. 
this stretch will be paramount with these uh, kind of four-point games for the Flyers uh, at this point as we get ready to flip the calendar to the month of December. Now we're after Thanksgiving. But in this uh, episode, I wanted to get to another DM that I got, and I thought it was really interesting. And in light of the Flyers playing the Rangers today, I thought it was pretty timely. Mike Coleman sent this in. Uh, he sent this in on Wednesday. And he says, it seems like a lot of fans are struggling to understand the difference between rebuilding and tanking and how to do each in hockey. Now, every sport's different. So in baseball, you rebuild a different way than you do in football without guaranteed contracts, no hard salary cap in baseball and basketball. Players have a lot of ability to opt out of contracts in the NHL. That's not there. So it's different in every sport. But he goes on to say, I'd be curious to hear how uh, Danny, Jonesy, and Torts feel about the difference between the two on the pod, the difference between rebuilding and tanking. He said, I'd also be curious to see how different teams who have, quote, tanked like Edmonton and Buffalo have fared versus teams that have rebuilt, like I would argue the New York Rangers did. Seems like a fine line to me between the two approaches. Local fans are still struggling to wash off the stink of the Sixers process or tank and are reluctant to accept that it has failed. Winning is never a bad thing and suggesting otherwise is just silly. Now, Mike, first and foremost, thanks for your uh, DM. Thanks for the note. And you know that I 100% agree with you. To, to ever think winning is a bad thing is, or, you know, a good thing is just, is to me completely silly. And the people that hope for losses and want a team to just get so bad, not kind of looking at the second level or the other elements of it, for a team like the Flyers to just go out and lose, 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 that would mean so many guys went backwards in their development. And you can't just turn that around when you get a, a top draft pick that you want. You can't all of a sudden go, okay, guys, now you can start redeveloping and going on the right path. But as far as the Rangers rebuild, you know, Edmonton is a little weird because they won the lottery so many times. And they pick, uh, you know, they pick Taylor Hall, Ryan Nugent Hopkins first overall. They pick, obviously, Connor McDavid. And they, they take Neil Yakupov, who completely busted out. Um, but they also get Leon Dreisaitl high in the draft. And they haven't been able to win anything, and they've been putrid this year because they have no depth and no goaltending and no D. And you have these star players, but they can't find other pieces to fit together. Buffalo's got some number one overall picks in Owen Power and Rasmus Dahlin. They've got some good pieces there, but they have not put it together in well more than a decade at this point. And it's been a long time for the Buffalo Sabres. But when you look at the Rangers, I think they're a unique kind of one-of-a-kind rebuild that they went through. They sent out the note to the fans, I think it was 2018, I want to say, 2017, 18, and that they were going to take a step back and they were going to rebuild, retool on the run, and, you know, get the team back where it needs. So they traded some important pieces away. McDonough, they traded other pieces away. But what the Rangers didn't do, the Rangers did not strip it down to the studs and try and tank. Now, they got some lottery luck. They weren't the worst team in the league. They ended up with a second overall pick in Capo Caco. They ended up with a number one overall pick, winning the lottery, and drafting Alex Lafreniere's. Having a decent year, he's got eight goals. But they didn't strip it down to the studs. They didn't trade Mika Zibanejad. They didn't trade, you know, key pieces, Chris Kreider. They had pieces there that they determined were on a timeline that they could rebuild the team and those players would still be extremely relevant. 
But the thing that made it unique was that the Rangers were no fools, and they knew Artemi Panarin wanted to play in New York City. And that when he was a free agent, that's where he was going. So they knew that they had that piece coming, presumably. And then obviously the way Adam Fox played out too, kind of forcing his way to the New York Rangers. And they also knew they had Ivor Shosturkin coming. So their timeline and, and the way they rebuilt, part of it's the, the bright lights and lure of Broadway and New York City. And part of it was they had some pieces that fit the timeline. So they didn't need to strip it all the way down to the studs, stink for a bunch of years and get high draft picks to replenish it. A little lottery luck. Look, you can get lottery luck at a lot of different finishing spots in the NHL. They did. And that hasn't even been really the the biggest element to their accelerated rebuild. It hasn't been Lafreniere or Capo Caco that's made the huge difference. It's been the elements of Fox having an aura season. It's been Kreider being able to have a supporting cast to help him ring in 50 goals or Artemi Panarin and the playmaking ability and star power that he brings, what the amount of tension that he uh, you know, takes from the opposition opens it up for ever, other players, Zibanejad and the depth that they have. So it's hard to compare the Rangers to many other teams, but they did it pretty quickly. I don't know if that the Flyers are in that same situation. I think they do have some players, instead of stripping it down to the studs, that could fit a rebuild timeline. Players like Travis Konechny, Travis Sanheim. There are some that fall into that category. And then obviously you have the group of Flyers players that are 24 and under. The Flyers are getting the most scoring of any team in the NHL from players 24 and under. They're playing kids a lot. Are they playing all kids? No. Did Stahl have a great game uh, in his return to the lineup the other night? No. But, you know, you can't just, you can just tear it all the way down. But to me, that is a flawed approach. And if you, because then you're just asking these players to flip a switch and get back on their development path. And I, I think that that's damn near impossible. Plus, when you accept losing, to me, that's the biggest loser mentality in the world. So, Great note, Mike. I appreciate it. And uh, I love your last sentence. Winning is never a bad thing. And suggesting otherwise is just silly. Well said indeed. Flyers Rangers annual Black Friday game coming up today at 1 o'clock. And uh, we'll break it down in tomorrow's episode. Plus, we'll preview another game between the Flyers and Islanders tomorrow night. So busy hockey weekend. Everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Leave us a five-star rating and review, and we will talk to you next time on Flyers Daily.